Hey, y'all. Thanks for checking out the From the Captain's Quarters podcast. We are proudly brought to you by Captain Coop's Beard Company. For all your beard needs, we got the beard oils, the beard balms, the beard butters. We got you covered, fellas, or ladies with facial hair. But also our new line of CBD products, including CBD body butter, CBD lotion. We got that ink balm for all you tattooed freaks out there. And Tortuga, our personal lubricant. Check it all out at CaptainCoops.com. Don't forget 10% off when you use the promo code podcast at checkout, CaptainCoops.com. The show is also brought to you by Apiron Northfields, formerly Everything Hemp LLC. Delta 8 products, Delta 9 products, CBD tinctures, body creams, body everything. If you need CBD goodies, they got it all. Still working on that new website, so you can currently find them at EverythingHempLLC.com. Also on the social medias. Give them a follow, give them a like, and get yourself some of that D9. Hey, <laughs> It is the uh, From the Captain's Quarters podcast, along with uh, Cooper and uh, Flashback Story here. Uh, it's uh, my buddy uh, Josh Gallagher is hanging out with me. We So I'm at I'm at Old Red in Nashville. Uh, my buddy Warren Garrett, who's been on the show before, was playing. He's like, yeah, we're, we're, we're playing down at Old Red, so come on down. So we're like, all right, cool. You know, we're, you know, we're, we're hanging in Nashville for a couple of days. It was our last night there. And so we uh, had some dinner, and then we had some drinks. And then and we made our way to the bar. Now, here's where things took a turn. We were paying cash at the bar at first. And then a credit card got brought out and it was like, we, we, we live here now. <laughs> we just fucking live here now. And I got yeah. to, I got a chance to be introduced to Josh because uh, he was playing there that night. And, uh, and I was like, dude, you know, pr- probably all like Wisconsin sloppy drunk. Like, hey, man, uh, I have a podcast. You should be on it. <laughs> And uh, and reluctantly, I'm not sure if I got some uh, some like photographic, you know, blackmail evidence or something. But uh, but he's here. He's now Josh Gallagher is on the show. How you doing, my friend? Good, buddy. How are you, man? Doing good, man. Like I said, uh, we we survived our, our Nashville trip um, and it was it was so great, you know, to uh, to to be as heavily involved in the music industry as I have been for the past two decades, uh, two decades plus uh, to to get down there. And uh, especially after whatever the fuck the last like two and a half years has been yeah no to, shit to get down there and to uh to to breathe in live music again um in that city is just it's something special so uh it's uh it sucks to be back i mean it's great to be back home it's great <laughs> but yeah uh but it, it was it was great to, to get a chance to see you guys perform and, and tear it up and and i was just i was intrigued by you know obviously us meeting and then and watching you guys perform and just and just rip it up uh there in nashville um, and I was like, man, I, I got to hear the story behind it. And, um, and that's why we're here yeah. here today. So, um, Pennsylvania guy born and raised. Yeah. 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 Born and raised. Yep. Uh, I've been here in Nashville for eight years. So my whole life I spent in, in Pennsylvania. Yep. So what's, uh, like, what's, what's young Josh's life like is, is music always been an integral part of it? Was it something that was kind of uh, like fed into you from, uh, from family? Like where did, where did it, where did it find its way into your ear hole and then obviously never escape? Yeah, right. It's yeah. Now I'm stuck with it for the rest of my <laughs> life, uh, and like in the fucking best way possible. Most right. times it's the best way. It'd be frustrating sometimes. But anyway, that's that's later in the story. Uh, no, man. I I don't know where the fuck it came from. I have no clue. Not a clue. Because there's nobody else is a musician or or does music or plays or any sings or anything like that. My family and um, I just like I don't know. I just one day. I grew up playing, you know, sports and baseball and football and, and, uh, and, um, just one day I decided that I wanted to learn how to play guitar. So, uh, I was 10 or nine or some shit. And I asked my parents to get me a guitar and they did. 
and um I just started teaching myself how to play. And now I will say I'm gonna back up a little bit. I will say this. If you ask my mom, my mom will tell you that I was singing before I could even talk. So if you can figure that shit out, <laughs> you know, like like in the in the uh, uh, the McDonald's right down the road in my hometown, um, uh, me and my dad would go there uh, just about every morning. I feel like you know either my mom or dad or both mm. of us or all three of us together. But um, at one at one point, man, I don't even know how old I was. I might have been like I was between five and eight. Was kind of ballpark. That's the window. Okay. But I was in the bath. Yeah, I was in the bathroom and. Uh, I was in there forever and then one of the workers came out and said uh real small town and uh they come up to my mom and dad and said you know josh is in there singing in the bathroom right and it's you know perfect bathroom reverb echo yeah. from the what so it sounded awesome idea how we all know how that that bathroom echoes everywhere yeah. you know every every public restroom the, the, that you use. the acoustics but, um, are stellar in here in the mcdonald's bathroom. they are they're great i love it yeah singing in bathrooms is the shit i still do it <laughs> but but um so yeah i don't know if it came from that or if it was like i, don't, I just don't know where it came from I, st- I picked up a guitar started playing one day and teaching myself and then um you know in middle school i was in you know i like i joined the, i was in band mm. uh for for a little while and i think like seventh maybe like six and seventh grade or something like that. i played saxophone actually so um i don't know where it came from it just kind of hit me one day i guess as a kid and then uh as I kept learning, you know, teaching myself different chords and, and, and figuring it out with my ear before all this YouTube stuff, you couldn't go on and, right. you know, look to, to learn how to play a song. <laughs> I could actually like, listen to it and try to figure it the fuck out. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, that's just kind of how it happened. And then, uh, I always grew up, you know, I was playing in different, you know, shitty little high school garage bands yeah. and, and, you know, my last year of middle school into like, probably in the like ninth grade, I guess we, you know, go play like little battle of the bands things and little right. shows around town. And it wasn't anything to, you know, to, you know, turn your head at or anything. It was just a couple of kids having, having fun, making, making music or make, making the best out of whatever music that they were making at the time and dragging our parents into it. And they supported us and, and uh, it was all great, but then it, you know, it turned into, that kind of disbanded a little bit because getting into high school sports and girls and jobs and, yeah. and you know, the workload increases as you get into high school too. So it's kind of like we kind of stopped playing, but I, I never put my guitar down though. I was, I always played it. I was always really shy though. Like, so I would play by myself and um, learn songs and, and like if no one was at the house, like if, even if my parents weren't home, I would do it. But like I, if my, if my mom or dad was like, Hey, go get your guitar. We're sitting there. Like we're hanging out on the porch. It's mm-hmm. just, even just those two, nobody else around be like, nah, I ain't doing that. I was always shy about it. I don't know why, but, um, but yeah, I just always picked up my guitar and always played and sang and taught myself how to play shit. And then I went to college after I graduated high school and, uh, I was trying to play real quiet in my dorm room one day, but dorm room walls are about that fucking right. thin. And <laughs> well constructed. And, uh, yeah, really, yeah, really, really well built. Um, but they're uh, they're about that thin. And I was trying to play quiet one day, and I had my door shut. And uh, I guess I wasn't as quiet as I thought I was being. I don't know if I was getting into whatever song it was, or uh, but somebody came and knocked on my door, and I thought I was like in trouble or something. Like it was one of the RAs, but no, it was like. It was another student, you know, a few dorm, a few, a few rooms down, and they were like, "Was that you?" And I was like, 
I was like, yeah. They were like, leave your fucking door open. That shit sounds good. So like, I kind of started getting a little bit of like a little bit of confidence there. And then eventually I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like if people are going to hear it, they're going to hear it. If they're going to like it, they're going to like it. If they don't, they don't, you know? So, uh, so I did that. And then, uh, just kind of, kind of how it went from there. I played baseball in college. And then I realized that I was way better at partying and not going to <laughs> class. So, <laughs> I get it. I get it. So man. I ended up, yeah. Yeah. So I ended up dropping out of school, moving back in with my parents and then, uh, kind of started playing shows again, you know, just doing a little acoustic by myself shows at the different, you know, different bars and around town. And, Eventually, each show kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I started playing, you know, bigger bars, and bars turned into clubs, and then the clubs turned into you know, bigger venues. And, and I did that for about two years, you know. And then, in the midst of all of that, I met my wife, Lindsay, and um, she had like two years left in college anyway. And after she after she graduated, she said she wanted to move out of state to work. So that's whenever the, kind of the whole Nashville being a possibility to like move down here kind of thing kind of came, came about. I was like 20, I'd have been like 22 or 23, I guess, you know? Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of the, the long, the long short way around. I could give you a longer version. But <laughs> <laughs> and then I walked into another bar and then I don't remember. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then I left my car and then I was like, shit, I don't know where it's at. Oops. <laughs> a, lot, yeah. a lot of oopses yep. fell into that. that yep. Oh, time cancel frame. that car and get another one. That yeah. <laughs> I've had a lot of oops moments yep. in my life. Do, do you remember, oh, yeah. um, you know, as you talk about that, that, that progression of growing up and, uh, and singing at a young age and picking up the guitar and, and self-teaching yourself, like we're there memorable musical influences that that you were more drawn to that you know a sound or a, not necessarily a genre maybe but like you know yeah. a group of artists that you were like man like like i like that or you know i like the way that this you know this person plays guitar or this this artist sounds when he's on stage were there those artists that influenced you in that that kind of that that growth period from you know maybe not yeah maybe not oh, five to absolutely. eight but Picking up the guitar, right. starting to play, <laughs> like like eight to ten. Yeah, that, that, uh, that's that's no, when the yeah. re, that's when the real influence in life starts. Is that eight to yeah. ten window? It's when you start getting into yeah, the real yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, man. Uh, yeah, a hundred absolutely. So, um, uh, and and it's weird because I've always liked I've always liked different styles and different genres of music. So, like I would, so like whenever I was teaching myself how to play, whenever I was young. The first song I learned how to play, just because I knew it, everybody knows the melody, was Mary Had a Little Lamb. I learned how to play it on one string with one finger, and I figured it out. And I was like, okay, well, if I can do that, and I just kept going on forward. But, like, some of the earliest stuff that I remember learning and teaching myself how to play, oddly enough, was some of the hardest shit that you probably could try to teach yourself how to play. Like, I was huge into Dave Matthews because Mm -hmm. of my brother. Um, my brother used to listen to Dave Matthews back in the day. And, uh, and, uh, so I just kind of tagged, uh, locked onto that sound, uh, you know, from him and my sister. And then, um, like they were big into Incubus and then so was I because of that. But then I started like, I started branching off into my own, like little, my own little portal of music. And I'd get into, you know, I do some Jack Johnson's and, Mm. uh, then eventually that turned into like some emo stuff like uh 
like Silverstein or the used or like just, and then, and then from there it goes to, you know, um, like a Treyu and Avenged Sevenfold, yeah, those like heavy, you know, hardcore guys and that kind of shit. And then were you learning some sinister uh, gates riffs there? Just, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never, I'll never be, ever be that good. Still, <laughs> never. Funny. I'll never be that good. I'm a hell of a, I'm a hell of a rhythm guitar player. And I, if that, <laughs> people are like, I'm really good at that. I can do that for sure. But all that cool, I don't know how to move my fingers that fast yeah. and do all this sweepy, the sweepy scales and all that. I'm like, I don't I probably could learn if I sat down. Well, but, well nowadays um, it's that shit's on YouTube, so you just you know you just go and watch that. Yeah, exactly. Hours yeah. on end. Exactly. Yeah. You just you, you just take a thirty second clip, right, yep. and just keep rewinding it and keep learning how to do it. Yeah. So it's a little bit easier now, but like no, it was it was a lot of that stuff, you know. But then, you know, I uh, I've always had country music in my life influenced because of my parents. You know, yeah. they've always listened to country, and and whenever you're a kid riding in the car, you listen to what your parents listen to because they didn't give a shit what you want to listen to, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, I'm shut driving. Up, it's my shut car up back there. I don't care like, what right, you want. Yeah. Put your seatbelt exactly, down and right. shut up. Yeah, exactly. Get back in your car seat or whatever. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, man. So I've always been influenced by, by country and especially the songwriting, the, the lyrical content and storytelling behind the song. It's a, uh, it's always been, uh, it's always caught my ear, but like, I've always, you know, my dad loves Toby Keith and White Yoakum, and those were like the first two country artists that I like locked onto, you know. And from you know being out at whether it's be you know in the car or the truck, or we had a uh, we had a camp growing up in uh, in Glendale, PA. Shout out Glendale. Um, but uh, we had a we had a camp out there, and we'd go and open up camp on the weekend. And first thing you do is fridge right inside the door and you turn on the radio and it's always on country, you know? So, so I've had a lot of, like a lot of different influences, you know, like even the whole, the whole way to like, like chameleon air and TI, and mm. like all those, like all those like kind of underground, uh, like rap, rap guys, and shit, you know what I mean? So I've, I've had, there were, there were several phases that I went through that, um, that I still actually listen to now, man, to be honest with you. I mean, I might, I might be driving around and be like, you know what? Today seems like a taken back Sunday kind of day or like, you know, so like I just have different tastes and different, different avenues. And I think that, I think that kind of helps come through a little bit in, in my music, at least like the rock and the, like the heavy rock guitar yeah. side of it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to so, say, I think that a lot of, a lot of different influences. <laughs> right. But I think that it feels like today's country is, has become really accepting of, more influences than just that genre. You know, it, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah you can yeah, still, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned Dwight who was, I mean, that dude, I mean, I'd vote for him for president. It'd be, it'd be amazing. He rocks. Yeah. But the, that denim jacket and tight flared jeans, swing, the swing cowboy the hats, hat, man. rhinestones. Oh God. Dude, that, <laughs> yeah, dude's like, gotten the same haircut. That's a whole, that's a whole thing. Yeah. He's gotten the same <laughs> fucking haircut since like 74. He's like, I don't give a shit. It's cause cut it the same yeah, way. He's like, fuck it. It works. <laughs> it's been working. So fucking keep it. <laughs> right. But you have yeah, you, there's there's so much of the, the staying in your lane stuff that I know people talk about while well, stay in your lane. But with with country and the way it's evolved, it feels like you can still you can still have those roots influences when you talk about the old stuff. We talk about, you know, 
Waylon and Willie and, and, and Johnny Cash and stuff like that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the progression into a George Strait where the big change happened, into a Garth where the change happened, into the 90s mm-hmm. country, it's just yeah. continued yeah. to evolve. So I think, you know, you having that that palette for a, a plethora of different sounds, when it it almost seems like it's it's an assistant to when you're trying to write a song because you're like, I don't need to yeah, I don't need to stay in my lane necessarily. I can incorporate, you know, maybe a lyrical blend from a hip hop song if it if it fits yeah, into or, it. Yeah, any, yeah. Or any you, of that, you have any a lot, stuff. you know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah which you, you have a lot of that in in country now country music now. And and I and there's you know people will people will sit here and you know they'll bash country music for you know especially the you know the the really traditional country right. country guys and I, and hey man you know no to each your own do your thing you know if this is your style over here that's your style if this is your style over here do you man you know mm-hmm. if you like that old stuff that old you know traditional nudie suit country fucking let's go i love that shit too yeah. but like i think there is i think there is room i like how i like how more uh, more accepting the the genre has become now Am I going to sit here and say that I love the everything that's you know about country music? How do I say this? It'd be very choosy, choosy in my words. Mm. I would fucking say, am I do, am I crazy about everything on country radio? Radio? No, absolutely not. Right. But a lot of other people are, and I'm I'm not going to bash it for that. You know, I think the whole thing of like the whole battle thing of like that's not country or this isn't country is kind of like. Get the fuck over it, man. Who cares? Like, at the end of the day, if it's a good fucking song, it's a good fucking song. Like, that's that's just like, and that I say that from like the songwriter standpoint. I mean, like, I'll hear a song and I'm like, if I cut that, or if I would have cut that, or could have, I probably I would have done it that way. But it's still a really good fucking song. Like, you know what I mean? So the the acceptance in uh, that country music has has had in. You know, all other genres kind of mixing and blending, and now you have your mashups between like hip hop and and some rap and, and country and and stuff. I I lean more towards that, you know, rock side. Yeah, definitely way more with some big distortion, fat guitar. <laughs> but you know, yeah, all the ground, the the bark and the the uh, little chunky country and the chunk 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 stuff, you know. But and hey, if that's your bag, cool. If it's not, cool. You know, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and judge it, you know, so. No, I think there's, I'm such a mood guy when it comes to music. Like, it all depends. Like, yeah. On, like, mm-hmm. today, I, sure. I mean, like you mentioned, like, today I'm going to, you know, drive home and I'm, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling, maybe I am feeling, right. you know, I'm going to listen to Dwight for a while. And then maybe I am going to pop on some some T.I. And then maybe it's like low pro. Yeah, dude. I mean, you know, it's just it, 311. Yeah, dude, fuck like, it. Yeah. But there, I think there's Absolutely. a time and place for everything. Some people are just not quite. Again, they're staying in their lane, people. Like, here's where I am, and I'm not going to change. I'm not going to listen to anything outside of this because everything yeah. else sucks. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. you know, but, you know, to each their own. Exactly. Right. And if it's if that's you, then fucking do you, man, and own that shit, too, you yeah. know? Like, and don't be, like, don't be ashamed if, if you're not that, you know? Right. If you're, if you're, if you're more accepting, it's more accepting towards other sounds and more different musical influences in, in, you know, the country music genre or whatever. You know, but just like if you know that you're not that and you know that you're this, just own that shit. Because I feel like a lot of people kind of I feel like a lot of people are like are more accepting towards like different sounds and influences into country music. They just don't want to say that they are because they don't want to like the majority of of it's pop country now, really, pretty much. So it's like it's all 
you know, what's popular. And a lot of people, I feel like, don't, even though they might not, not, not believe or think that that's, you know, what is actually country, they're not going to say that, you know, right. I feel like sometimes. So. So or I could be a complete fucking idiot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we could be just two idiots talking shit. You know, it's... Yes, exactly. It is right. what it yeah. is. Yeah. But so we mm-hmm. talked about, you know, we kind of got off base a little bit there with the story. But, you know, moving to Nashville, obviously you talked about meeting your wife and, and her wanting to, to, to move out of, out of state. Moving right. to Nashville, like, what is that... What is that experience like? Obviously you had... She probably probably had a good career. <laughs> she probably has, you know, went to college. Yeah, she does. Probably found a good yeah. you found a good job. But for you, yeah, for you moving yeah. to to Nashville and and the lights and in and everything that's going on, going down to Broadway, going you know, going to off Broadway, all the places, mm-hmm. music starting at like nine o'clock in the morning, seventy five dollars to yeah. park. Like, what is that experience mm-hmm. like when you first get down there and, uh, and embrace the the culture that is Nashville, Tennessee? Well, once you get past the. Uh, if you can get past the 10 fucking hour drive to get down here, uh, <laughs> it's actually, it's actually pretty, it's actually pretty cool. No, uh, it, it's, it's kind of, uh, here, I'll put it to you this way. So I'm going to try to paint a picture for you. Whenever we first moved here and, uh, it wasn't even when we first moved here, actually, it was whenever we were looking for apartments to move down here. Yeah. So we came down to visit, to look for apartments and stuff before we moved down here. We did that twice. And, um, uh, the first time we were down here, uh, you come up on Broadway, you get off of 65 and you take a left if you're going south yep. and you come down Broadway and it's kind of flat and then it kind of goes up a little hill, levels off, and then it starts to go downhill towards Fifth Ave. And that's when all the, that's when all like, it was like, I don't know, it was like. When those lights come up over that hill and through your windshield and into your eyeballs for the very first time, you're like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. It was like, oh, like it was the it was the shit, man. So angels, like, angels start singing and bird like doves yeah, start dude, flying was, yeah. and shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. It was it was just, it was it was awesome. And I still like, you know, I, I've been here for eight years and. You know, the, I don't, I don't, you know, we don't really go out on Broadway and stuff anymore unless I'm playing or we're like, you know, playing tour guide with somebody. But like, even still, sometimes I'll be driving down there at nighttime and the lights are shining and I'm like, this is still pretty fucking cool though. Like, right. <laughs> you know, um, but it's, it's great though, man. It's like I, for her, whenever we moved down here, um, you know, she had, uh, she was online looking for jobs, not applications and stuff. And, and for the most part, you know, you know, she, she figured that because she wanted, she wanted to be, a, she wanted to teach, she wanted to be a mm-hmm. teacher. So she got her, she got her dream teaching job. She's, uh, she's a daycare teacher for, uh, she teaches 12 little shithead three-year-olds every day. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. They're not shitheads. I call them shit, but they're, they're good kids. But, um, but, uh, so she, she, she landed her, her job. Right. And I figured, you know, I was going to be doing music in some form or fashion down here. I just didn't know how the fuck to do that because there's not there's not a website that you can google or go on and be like job applications for here my name is job i'm a singer and i'm from blah 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 right. you know and i want to come down to nashville to play and will you hire there's none of that it's like you got to figure that shit out or like make friends with somebody who knows how to help you figure that shit out right. so what it was for me was like i started i started going down on broadway and um 
because that's the only that's the first place I saw that that had music. I knew I was in Nashville, so there was music everywhere, right. but I didn't know exactly where everything was. So I was like, well, this is the first thing I saw, so I'm going to go to here. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a million bars with a band on each floor, and I know that somebody in there can talk to, can at least get me in touch with someone who books something. Right. You know? So I did that for a little bit, and 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 nothing was ended up working out uh in that aspect i was i was having a hard time getting people to either let me talk to whoever uh booked the place or the engineer obviously the engineer knows the booker and, and or if that I, they would give me a card and i'd reach out and i would hear, never hear anything back right but there was a there was a group of girls that i met down here um Haley and Sarah, they're actually, uh, they're called the Steel Blossoms. And if you get a chance to look them up, they're the shit. Um, but quickly became friends with them because they're from Pittsburgh. They're from Pennsylvania, too. We didn't know each other before we moved down here. It was just that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, and uh, they they said that uh, Tootsie's back room every Saturday from 2 to 6 or something like that, they were doing, they do uh, like, not auditions but you can go up and sing or play or whatever you whatever your thing is you can go up there they'll let you you know go up there and do that so i went up there and i did that a couple times and then uh if they like what they hear or whatever they give you this paper and you fill out a whole your name address all this bio how many songs do you know and this whole thing and so i did that for a little bit uh, like a couple saturdays in a row until they finally reached out to me and asked you know, kind of then that was like kind of the interview process, I guess. Right. So that was for like, that was for like Tootsie's and Rippy's and Honky Tonk Central, those three bars, because they're all run by the same people. And if you play at one, you play at all three, kind of, kind of like a little circuit, you know? Hmm. Um, so I started playing there, you know, I, uh, I started playing acoustic shows there uh, in the mornings back room and I did that for a little bit and that started going a little bit better and they started putting me with a band. And so I started playing with a band who, I actually met my now guitar player through playing those backrooms gigs and, and, uh, and, uh, so that's kind of how that whole thing went. Now I did that for a few years, a year and a half, two years. And in the midst of all that, I started meeting other people on Broadway to play at other clubs and other bars. And then I was like, okay, well, this is cool, but I didn't move here to play covers for the rest of my life. So how do I figure out who I need to meet to help me, get my foot in the songwriter door, you know, because I figured to my, the best of my knowledge, songs have to be written for them to get cut, for them to be, get on the radio for like, yeah, like there's, there's I'm no genius, but songs have to be <laughs> written for all that stuff. To, there's yeah. not, there's not <laughs> you know? some magic quiet room where they just poof. Right. Exactly. Now we have yeah. the music. Yes, exactly. Hmm. So I figured I was like, well, let me, uh, I mean, I already wrote, I already write songs. So let me, let me see if I can find some people or meet some people who would be willing to introduce me to other people to get me in the songwriter kind of community. And I met a few people that way. And then uh, I cut my time back on, on Broadway. So that way I could pursue more of the songwriter stuff. Um, and really just go out and network at these songwriter locations like Live Oak and Tin Roof and, winners and losers, the local uh, Bluebird listening room, all these great, great places, Third and Lindsley, you know. Um, and then you meet people and you meet a few more people and you kind of start running around with a little crew who you start writing songs with. And and uh, 
you figure out that you're you might not fit with a couple like this crew might be good stuff but it's not really a good hang or a, a better hang could be over here with these guys or right. these crew and then you kind of just you kind of just sift through all the bullshit really until you figure out like okay this is how i could possibly keep you know money coming in and, and all that other shit uh you know keep a roof over my head and I could definitely write songs for a living if I practice my ass off and really, really get good at it. Right. Um, and then in the midst of all of that shit, there's this little show that pops up and says, we want you to come on our show. It's called the voice. Heard of it. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, maybe like once or twice heard of it, but, um, but yeah, man, that's, that's, that, that's kind of the gist of like of the, the whole Nashville, like getting here and figuring all that shit out. Cause it's like, I knew I was going to play music. I just didn't know how I was going to do it. So it was kind of one of those things where, where you have to kind of test yourself too, because especially like coming from a small town, like my town is 2000 people and it's like, right. I know everybody, you know? Yeah. And if you've never been outside of the little, you know, small town world that you lived in, you might not, you might not be so uh, eager to just jump into a situation that you've never been into that shit's uncomfortable so you right. can, it's like you've got to challenge yourself too to like it's easy to just go nah i'll do it again i'll i'll, I'll try tomorrow and then never happen you know right. but like if you want it if you want if you want some shit to happen for you especially in this town like that you don't know how to do it you know pick your pick your nuts up and figure that shit out yeah and Quit being shy. Go play the game and, and network with people, and, and you'll find that you know people are gen, gen, generally pretty accepting of you know and willing to help. So, so it's a uh, it's a weird bird down here. It, it really is. There's no like there's no Nashville. If there was a Nashville how to, everybody would be doing it. But, right. right. <laughs> I think uh, I think that what is the the phrase is uh, it, when you become comfortable being uncomfortable. Th- yes. That's that's the fucking secret. It's like, yeah, it, it, this yeah. sucks, but I still have to fucking do it because if I want to reach right, exactly, point yeah. B, and it, and it's so true. Like again, my first real Nashville experience was this was this past trip down there, because it was not yeah. just being on Broadway. You know, we had a chance to go to Live Oak uh, one night. They were doing in, yeah, in around was there, and you just get like I have a better. Un- I don't have a better understanding. I'm not writing the fucking manual on how how it should be done. Yeah, but right. you really get <laughs> yeah. like a perspective of like, okay, I understand what Broadway is. Like I, like yeah. as soon as you went to live Oak, I'm like, okay, I get, I get, you know, the separation of church and state down here because yeah, 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 for sure. The, mm-hmm. the, but in both places in that whole town, like it oozes with this crazy amount of talent. Just, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. There's so many people. Yeah. Everybody. I mean, it's, you know, it's not just a, a you know a clever country song, but you know everybody plays, everybody sings, and but it's so it's true for for you though going down there, you know, moving in, obviously wanting to have this this future in music, whether it be you know performing, songwriting, a combination of both. Like, mm-hmm. was any did you have any expectations? Did you have like any preconceived notions going down there? Like, oh well, you go down to Nashville, and then you you know you play. Tootsies, and then you, you know, you, then you get on the circuit, then you then you're playing, yeah, and then all of a sudden, like the guy calls and he's like, "Here's your here's your contract. We'd like you to cut an album, right. and we're gonna pay for your tour yeah, bus, yeah, yeah. and we want you to go out and mm-hmm. do and do three months on." Like, it's probably not really in real life how that happens, right? No, I mean, you uh, at least that's the goal, you right. know. 
And that was, that's been my goal from day one. You know, I mean, we didn't, uh, I say I, but I didn't move down here. We didn't move down here to not have this shit work, you know? Right. Yeah. So, um, but no, like I didn't think about any of that shit to be honest with you because my main goal was like that was that's that's the goal you know that is the that is the 100 end goal yeah. it always was always will be right but at the time my goals were short term hmm. meet dude who books place get dude to book you at said place hmm. get good at playing said place play bigger shows at said place you know meet dude who books another spot then it's it just like these very, very short term wins mm -hmm. will eventually, you know, help you capitalize on your, on your big end goal, you know? So it was never a thing where like, I could, I could feel though, like you, you feel it. If you do it, if you do it and do it enough and, and you're down there, you're just grinding and busting your shit in every day, mm -hmm. scraping your nose with the fucking pavement. Like you do, you'll start to feel like you'll start to feel like you're gaining a little bit of momentum. And that may be a call from a producer or it may be as little as, you know, getting a call or meeting somebody who's seen you sing and they need somebody to fill it. They need a singer to fill in uh, because their singer got sick at another bar. Right. That's that might be a little bit like it's it's like it could be very, very vast. Like so. So it's the end goal is obviously to do to do that, you know, right. to, to cut the record and have the tour bus and have this and that. And, but for me, at least coming down here, was like I didn't. That was that wasn't my focus at the time. My right. focus was how am I going to. How am I going to put my foot in the door and make and, and make people notice and also hopefully make a little bit of money so I can pay for his fucking apartment <laughs> and all, you know, I would, I would like stay to stay here and like live. And yeah, I, I love Nashville. I would like to live on the streets of it. You know, it's just small right, things exactly. yeah. in and, life. Yeah. 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 Now, I mean, there's, there've been people in the past that have, that have done it. You know yeah. I mean? Jim, Jimmy Allen, who I mean, we all know now he's, he's a huge country star now, but um, dude used to live in his car yeah. and go around and play shows and do all this St. Lake. So it's, it's 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 just like I said a few minutes ago. It's it's a weird bird. It could be you could be playing your ass off and still not be making enough money to you know help you pay bills and stuff like that. And then is it is it do you get rid of the apartment and live in your car and save your money or from one of the shows that you're playing or do you get a, a side job to supplement them? You know, like yeah. so it's there's a lot of there's a lot of options that that you can do that will, that will eventually get you to your goal. I just knew that coming down here, all I wanted to do was fucking play music. That's yeah. all I wanted to do. So yeah. whether that had been playing three shifts a day, six days a week for two years or playing half of those shifts and working aside or whatever, you know, I just knew that the end goal for me was to play music and do music only, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of, from from your story, it sounds like a lot of stacking victories, getting in the yeah, door. Yeah, yeah, a lot of little show. wins, a lot, a lot of great wins, wins. And, and, and the you know the 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 end line continues to move, but you continue to you know maybe make another step ahead of it. The more of those victories yeah. that you put under your belt, I want to talk about getting uh, this uh, this call from the voice. How does that how does that world enter into yours, and and what goes into the decision making process to be like this is a real golden opportunity for me to, to really, 
again, stack another big victory onto the ones you've already had, right. you know, under your feet. Songwriter, songwriter world, man. Uh, uh, like, so I was doing the whole Broadway thing. And um, as I'm cutting back my time on Broadway to spend more time in, you know, songwriter town, which is like Midtown and, and Music Row and places like the Listening Room and all, you know, West End, those yeah. kind of places, Belmont area, whatever. Um in the midst of all that, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get my foot in the songwriter door. So I find this place in Midtown uh, called uh, The Row. And it's on Lyle Avenue. And if you're ever in town again, whoever's if listening or going to be watching this, go check out The Row because their food's badass and their artists that they have in there are great. Um, but I, uh, I, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I stumbled upon getting to play this Oh, I know what it was. They used to do open mics, so you could come in and do like a late, like an open mic thing, and if they liked, they'd give you a callback. That's kind of like how a lot of these like songwriter, you know, rounds or things work. Yeah. So um, I played there a couple times, and then uh, Mike Peck is the guy who who books all that stuff over there, and then he, he ended up giving me a call, and um, I just I kept playing there and playing there. I, I had a steady Thursday every 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 Thursday. I, I had a thing there and it was it was only one hour it was acoustic by yourself and they do they do a new artist every hour so you play you get the chance to play a lot of original stuff that's more it's more of an original like a, a songwriter kind of place and but you can mix in some covers and stuff like that because it is a dinner crowd so you want to make sure you're still keeping the you know the attention of the people right. and lo and behold this one thursday i was on uh, i was on stage and mike's sitting right here at the corner of the bar and and uh, in the middle or after one of whatever song it was that I was singing, it was it was kind of dead that night. But uh, he asked me, he's like, so he's like, hey, do you want to audition for The Voice? And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Like, what do I got to do? He's like, what song are you singing next? I was like, I don't know yet. I, I, I wing it. Like, I just figured that <laughs> shit out on the fly. And <laughs> I like this and, yeah, uh, this one seems like it would fit the last one that I, I don't fucking know. But yeah, I just wing it. And um, but anyway, I I, uh, I was like, fuck it, I'll sing some Chris Stapleton or something like that. And um, and uh, so he, he I started singing the playing this song "Fire Away," which is a huge hit for him. Yeah. And um, uh, I started singing the song, and he takes a little whatever minute video or whatever it was, and uh, sends it into his. And into his contact and about 20 minutes later while i was still on stage he said that they wanted me down in atlanta the next week for a private audition so that like because i feel like because i started making the transition from playing you know four hour cover sets downtown to you know trying to further my chances of making it in this fucking town right. by getting into songwriter land and meeting the people that actually can make possibly make shit happen for you i feel like I, it was contributed you know to me making that decision and i'll never ever regret making that decision you know um but so i go down there and i, and I did a private audition and um i was like one of the first ones to go i had to sing at like 10 30 or some shit in the morning and i'm like fuck <laughs> <laughs> let me get last night on yeah, my throat right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, let me wake up at fucking six, and then that way I can start warming up by eight, and like, so that way I kind of have like at least I sound like half decent. It's hard as fuck to sing in the morning, right? <laughs> and so I go in there and I sing, and I sang "Far Away" again, and I sang uh, it was a Thomas Rhett song. I can't remember which one it was, but uh, 
And then they have you sing to like a backing track also. So you can go in there and play and sing. It's that at the private auditions, it's not the acapella stuff. Right. Um, I did that twice before and that didn't end up working out. Um, but I guess third time's the charm because they wanted me in Atlanta. So playing and singing and then you have to sing with like a backing track. So I sent them uh, a track for Almost Home by Craig Morgan, one of my favorite songs mm -hmm. ever. And um, I was singing to it and, and uh, they're like coaching me. They have a camera there and a big thing around it says smile, like, <laughs> like this kind of thing. And maybe not as creepy as I just did it, but no, I, <laughs> I, I, that's, but, uh, that's how I'm going to envision that from now on. Every time I watch the show, I'll be like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, no, it was like that. Cause they like, it's, it's not just a singing show. It's, it's, that's not just a singing show or competition. Right. It's a reality TV show too. So they want to make sure that you're like, you're, you're good on camera. The camera likes what it sees. So like they have to do that in the middle of you singing and trying not to fuck up words and sound good. They're all over there. Like, and it's probably like more of a training thing too, because like once you get on the show, it's like chaos. So there's right. all kinds of shit going around you while you're trying to sing. But I sang in the morning. They kept me all fucking day, and then uh, they brought me in at the end of the day after everybody left. And they were like, "All right, so here's the deal." Um, they were like, "You just auditioned for season twelve of The Voice, which is going to be uh, the next season. It will be the spring season of 2017." Um, but we just had some people. Uh, we just had some people leave the show and some spots open up on season 11, which is being filmed right now. And they're about to start filming it in about a month. And uh, we want to bump you up to that season. So I was like, well, fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. Give me some details. They could, they kind of gave me the rundown. I was like, cool. When do I got to leave? They were like, fucking tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow. So I had to, I had to, uh, I called my wife and uh, I was like, hey, you're not going to fucking believe this. But um, so I told her the whole story, that whole you know spiel I just told you. And uh, I had to drive four hours back up to Nashville and like make not I, I wasn't I wasn't talking to her because of like permission, like, babe, can I go do this? That kind of thing. It was more of like a, hey, do you think that I could fucking do this? Right. More of that, like just like a reassurance thing, you know? And she was super fucking pumped. And like, she's like, yeah, you better fucking do that. She's like, she's like, I'm proud of you for, for going down there and doing that, what you did, but like, who knows what could happen with your career. If you, you know, if you go on there and, and, and you know, you actually go and do the thing. Right. So it was like more of an encour encouragement thing, but I had like, I had to drive four hours back. I had to pack for a month. I do like three months worth of paperwork and like, less than like 12 hours at that point and like prepare to not see my wife who's my fiance then yeah. prepare to not see my wife for like a month and at that point in our relationship we hadn't been apart from each other for like a week yeah. you know before that so i had to like mentally prepare that i wasn't going to see her for a month and and uh just this like big ass flood of emotions dude and it's like you jump on a plane at five in the morning and all right well I don't know what the, it was kind of, to be honest with you, you know what it felt like? It was kind of like, it was like a brand new, it was like just fucking moving to Nashville all over again. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, <laughs> yeah. My you hands know. are off the wheel. It was like no control. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't fucking, I don't know what the hell is about to happen and I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it the shit. I'm going to figure this shit out. Right. I hope, <laughs> you know? So you get out to, yeah, uh, so man, it was, it was, it was crazy, dude. It was, it was nuts. You know, it, it's so it's so interesting to hear like 
the process, you know, how the functionality of it, because obviously as, you know, a viewer of the show, you're like, oh, well, they, they're obviously, they, they got them all here and they probably had time to prepare yeah, and yeah, their, yeah. their family mm-hmm. know. And, you know, but your situation being like, no, tomorrow, asshole, like get on the plane. Right? Yeah. We're going, yeah, we're going exactly. to the dance. But you get out yeah. there. What's that? Nashville's one thing. Obviously, you talked about small town, you know, PA, 2,000 people. Yeah. Nashville, big jump. LA. Huge. Fuck. Bigger jump. Fuck. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Fuck all these, where the fuck all these people come from? Like, that's like that's like jumping that's like fucking putting moon shoes on and just when you're a kid and just like boing, whoa it's like like fuck yeah what yeah. the fuck was that yeah yeah all absolutely with, all within the course of like you know you know oh Nashville Atlanta Nashville L A like what L A right like, like is it is it just chaos is there any control or is it just like all right we're you know put uh, put a little gas in the tank because you got to fucking floor it for the next X amount of days weeks months no not right exactly it's just like well first of all like i said whenever i like they were like you're jump on a plane tomorrow i'm like i get on the plane i'm like all right well like seven here i guess there's no fucking turning back for now if i want to they're not gonna (laughs) let me off this bitch unless i cause a scene or some shit but um but no no plan i had no clue what i was getting into it was like like they kind of they they sent me a whole bunch of emails with like what to expect and here's like and like a schedule and all that shit. So I had like, I had a schedule um, to where they would come to get me off of the plane and I would go to here. And then from there I would go to here and here back to the hotel. And then from the hotel, they're like, this is just day one. Mm. I'm like, holy fuck, <laughs> because I was a late ad. So they had to like, they had to like expedite my shit because the people that were already out there have, were there for like a month, even before I got there. Right. Like doing like, doing like pre-production shit and like show run throughs and, and, getting your uh, makeup palettes all figured out so that way you can look exactly the same for every episode and wardrobe and, like, this whole crazy fucking mess. So it's like you go from, you know, trying to get your shit figured out in Nashville uh, to, okay, we're just going to fucking, here you go. (laughs) going to throw you right the fuck in it out in uh, L.A. for The Voice. And and it was some shit that I obviously never experienced before that, that um it was uh, it was a little scary kind of it was a little nerve-wracking and mm. and just because it was another one of those things where i was like i don't i'm this is i'm uncomfortable this is weird i've never done this it's just it was unfamiliar territory kind of like moving down here you know right. like so that's why i equate the two um a lot but overall dude it was it was the shit man it was fucking fun i had a blast out there I had a lot of fun because like well and then you get lucky for me though i uh once again, because I was a late ad, I, uh, that whole first week, I didn't, they didn't have me in the schedule to, for anything to do after that first day that I got there. So I landed in LA, I went straight to wardrobe. They rifled through all my shit to make, like, to see what, like I could possibly wear on screen because they don't give you a whole bunch of wardrobe at that time yet, because they're not sure if you're going to even get a chair turned or make it on the show. So they'll help you out a little bit with some stuff. If you need a jacket or like a, no logo tee to wear because that's all I fucking wear is logo t-shirts. Um, but, but, yeah. but, uh, right. Right. But, um, but they're like, you know, they, that's where the, you go over to wardrobe. And then from there it's like, okay, well, you're going to go uh, across the hall to makeup and 
I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I'm not wearing makeup, but like it was, yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like, this was another thing where I'm like, is this, is everyone doing this? I don't know. If <laughs> is it just me? me? Or like, are you guys, are you guys fucking with me right now? Or is this, <laughs> this is a thing? No. But, um, then you go to makeup and they fucking just like cake batter, mix some shit up and dunk your face in it. And they're like, yeah, that looks good. We're going to look, you're going to look like that every episode, you know, but no, they take, that's, I, I joke around about that, but they take care of you. But, um, from there, you go back to the hotel, and then you got to go to the production office to for like a briefing thing, and then you got to watch like this cup, like almost like a uh, training video thing, kind of like it was almost like getting hired at a new job, kind right. of like at that point, you know, you got to go talk to the boss, and then they, you know, during rush hour when everyone's coming in, we're gonna sit you down and you're gonna watch the training video and all that stuff, and then after that, it kind of like when the dust settled, I got to actually got back to my room. That whole entire week, I wasn't really in the system yet, so I had that whole week to like decompress and like really sit with my thoughts in uh, mostly positive ways, but like in the back of my head, like I don't know if I can do this still, even though I'm here, right? Right. But once they throw you in the mix of everything and you get your first schedule and it's busy as fuck and your very first day you're putting in like 12, 14 hours and you're like, holy shit, this is way more of a workload than I was doing before. But they do that because one, they're filming a show. They have a lot of fucking shit to go through and edit and make sure everything's right. But like, I feel like it's also another training aid to help you when you like, in the event you do make it far on the show, because the further you make it after you get off the show, the busier you're going to be more right. shit you're going to have to deal with and schedule wise. And, and so like on the back end, I feel like they, they really stack you up like that to make you, you know, to kind of get it in your head. Like, okay, if you're not, if you're not willing to put in the work like this, then, you know, yeah. you don't have, you might, takes, admit, yeah. you, you might, you might not be able to do it after you get off the show. So at least that's like how my brain, like, took that whole entire thing but but you know they put you to work and they take care of you and and you know give them give you a, a per diem and stipend check every week so you can you know, run across the street and grab ghost groceries and sneak beer into the hotel in your backpack <laughs> like you're 15 years old again and, is that were there rules and, uh, were there rules against uh against yeah beer? yeah 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 no drugs and alcohol per the contract but um after that whole like first week I was out there, I was kind of like walking around, getting a feel for the place. And I found the bar and I was like, ha. Hmm. So I was like, all right, well, I know where the bar is. Let me just kind of, let me, let me lay low here for a little, for, for a few days or a week or whatever and kind of test the water. So I'd go down to the bar, maybe and grab a beer at like noon or some shit, just go grab a beer and then like, just check the place out, make sure there was no like crew or anybody in there that was going to bitch at me. And then I was like, yeah, fuck this. I'm going to get beer. I got to give a shit. Like, it's a stressful time. So it's like, you know what? I kind of, sometimes I just want a beer. And if you, you, you know, if, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to bitch at me for it, that's cool. I'm just letting you know, I'm going to drink more beer that's in my fridge in my room. So, but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. So there was, there was a, you know, no drugs or alcohol and, 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 uh, but the further, the further you got, though, the less they cared about that shit. I feel mm -hmm. like they probably like once you get that far in the show, they can kick you off, absolutely. But then they're probably going to have to figure out a story to tell the public why you're not on the show anymore, and that's just more work for them. So, the further we all got, like the the, the contestants, like me and Austin and and uh, and Sundance and and Billy and Brandon, like 
we were all the further we all got, the less we were, the more we were like, ah, fuck it, we don't <laughs> care, we're going to the bar. Like, <laughs> try writing me out of this like, show. Yeah, if you're not getting me, I'm not leaving. You're not going to send me home, like that kind of thing. Um, but then, uh, but damn, I mean, the, the further you got, the less they really cared about it. Just as long as you weren't being, you know, stupid or stupid bad or anything like that. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, overall though, man, it was it was great. I had a, I had a fucking awesome time out there. I was hungover a lot. <laughs> Sounds like me in Nashville. Like I'm just uh yeah, just, yeah, just yeah, perfect. Yep. Where's the bloody where, where's my twelve dollar bloody Mary that comes in an eight ounce cup? Where is that at? Oh yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Maybe eight ounces. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of ice in this son of a bitch. I'm not sure what's mm-hmm. happening here. Right. But that's that, four ounces. You just filled that bitch up with ice. <laughs> but thank you. Here and and a tip. Yeah. All right, cool. We're not Thanks. we're definitely oh, not cool. in Wisconsin awesome. or Pennsylvania anymore, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. But yep. What do you like? What was your biggest takeaway? Obviously, you know, you get the chair turns, you get uh, you get on Team Adam. You know, the first country artist to be uh, with Adam Levine. Like, what is what are the takeaways? Obviously, you talked about the schedule and and kind of almost yeah. that being a, a preparatory thing about you know this is the kind of chaos you need to become accustomed to. But like, what did, what yeah. was your, what is some of your biggest takeaways from being a part of that show? Um, that that you continue to carry with you, or you carried with you post exit yeah um i think the biggest one for me man to be honest with you is and I, i've always had i've always had a really good work ethic you know mm-hmm. I, I started my first job whenever i was you know 14 or some shit like that and i was uh, washing dishes and um moved to my next job which wasn't there washing dishes instead but like i've always had like no matter what my like job was at the time like i've always had a really good work ethic but nothing Nothing in the sense that nothing in, in with that much of a workload, I'll put it that way, right. you know? So like what I have, what I've gathered, the, the thing I take away most from, from the show is how much better my work ethic got as far as taking on being able to handle and take on busy as fuck schedules for right. 12 to 16 hours a day. You know what I mean? So like, and a lot of people, you you don't see that on the back end because it's music, right? You just like the consumer just sees the, you know, Facebook ad for the single that's coming out by Cole Swindell or right. Luke Bryan or Eric Church. They don't see the, all the work that goes in on the back end. You know, it's kind of like with concerts and shit too. You just yeah. see the, the pageantry and the songs and the lights and smoke and all the cool shit. Yeah. But those crew members are, are, are there, you know, 24 hours beforehand on two hours of sleep, putting together a fucking stage and rigging up trusses and lights and line array speakers and, you know, making sure everything is prim and proper. So like, it's the same thing with like, with the songwriter, the artist world, you know, it's not just you go into a studio and sing a song. And so it's like, the song's got to come from somewhere, whether you wrote it or somebody else wrote it. So it's like, it literally starts from, from here and, and you work and work and work and work to get that to where it needs to be. So you can go in and cut, and then you got to figure out where you're going to get, you know, your funding for your budget for your record and, and yeah. uh, run it by your team and make sure. So there's like a lot, there's a lot, a lot of work that goes into this stuff. And I think that's my biggest takeaway from it. Cause like it drives me fucking crazy sometimes how, how good I am at working for a really long time. And there's sometimes when I'm like, I just got to turn this shit off. Like right. I'm way too, like I haven't, I haven't seen like Linda's my wife gets off work or gets off work at four. She gets home work at four 30 every day. So I like to try to be done by at least, you know, five so I can hang out with her because if I not play, if I'm playing it, 
you know, 10 o'clock that night, I want to be with her and be with, you know, especially when the baby gets here, you know, mm -hmm. like I want to be with my family and shit. So it like, I got to like tell myself, there's also bad that comes with that though. Like I got to tell myself that, Hey dude, you got to shut this down mm -hmm. and go have be with, you know, put this away. No more music shit. Go be with your wife and your family. Like, I mean, yeah. so like there's a, there's definitely a negative side to it, but like, that's my biggest takeaway from it is, is, is how much, how much work, that it that it takes and 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 the willingness to make to take all that work and make it um make it one work for you and work it towards your end goal you know yeah. so it's one that's that's my biggest one but um my second biggest would be um probably don't be like don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone mm. a little bit and that wasn't really a quote or something that anybody told me on the show like i was on blake's team first mm. and he was awesome. He's a great dude. And then I lost my knockout round. I got stolen by Adam and I finished the rest of the season out with him. Now I grew up obviously listening to Adam Levine and Maroon five and stuff. And, and I just never, I just always liked that rock stuff, but I just thought that country music was just like, like we talked about earlier. Like I used to be that kind of like, Oh, that ain't country. Like, yeah. you know, so he kind of helped me realize that it's okay to like, step out of the straight line country thing and like bring my own because i didn't know who i was you know like i'm still trying to figure myself out as an artist and what does josh gallagher sound like what does his music sound like what does his brand look like all that shit, you know so so he really helped me out in that aspect too like a lot of people i feel like a lot of people would like to do some things that they but but they're a little bit scared to or nervous because they this this lane right here might be all they know and if they feel like they step out of it or try to in, introduce another influence into it it's gonna go off the rails yeah, you know it might know. turn and swerve a little bit until you figure it out but once you figure it out it's, you're gonna be right back on that on that path that you were before but with a better mindset on and a better outlook most likely at least for me anyway so you you leave you know we talked about the the the, the rapid departure from Nashville to go out to uh, to, yeah. LA to be on the yeah. race. Uh, that's tomorrow. Quick. Yeah. Going out there, uh, Team Blake, lose knockout round, Team Adam, show ends for you, return to Nashville. Right. Like, yeah. how was it night and day? I mean, just obviously it's going to be just because you have a different outlook. You have a different perspective. You've experienced something that, that a lot of people in Nashville had had an experience with that, that schedule and the rigor, you know, and the right. education that you got mm -hmm. while you were there. But how, how different was, was Nashville for you getting back after, after being on the show and obviously after the show aired? Mm, it was, uh, it physically, it changed a lot. There was a lot of shit that happened that while I was out there those last couple months that I was, I come back and I was like, when the fuck did that get put up? Like that kind of shit. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, but, but as far as like, as far as like around town and like the industry side of it, like it, it, it changed in the sense that people knew my name now, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to, it's not a household name. And if I'm never a household name, that's fine. I just want people to hear my shit. That's you are in my household. Um, God damn it. Yeah. You are <laughs> playing that. Well, shit. then fuck it. We're good. <laughs> well, They're good. You, then. We're congrats, good. Congratulations on your success. Uh, <laughs> and, and also, and also I apologize. You know, it's all I could do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, no, but no, like people, people knew, you know, or at least we're starting to know who, 
who Josh Gallagher was, which I thought was really cool because that that's one thing that I've always, you know, when I moved here to Nashville, I want to be, I want people to know who I am, whether that be, um, whether that be through the artist side, being on stage in front of people or from the songwriter side, you know, like, it doesn't really matter to me. And I don't mean people know who I am. Like I could give a shit if I was famous or not. I just want people to know whenever a song comes on, they go, Oh, that's a Josh Gallagher song right, right away. You know what I mean? Like that. I can give a fuck about the glitch or the glam or whatever. Fuck that. That shit don't, that shit don't interest me. But yeah. um, people started to recognize my name and, and ask me to come in and, and take meetings and and sit down with this person or, hey, I'd like to introduce you to this person or that person. And, and it was really, really cool, you know? And um, there, was, there were a few times where, where I kind of had to maybe bite my lip or bite my tongue a little bit because some of those people may or may not have been folks that I've tried to reach out to in the past before the voice thing, but now, Oh, because of, and then it was like, Oh, now there's yeah. interest. Okay. Oh, look, look, there's, the, I, there's, had the, this, there's the I've fellow had that was talent. on TV. That's the fellow that was on yeah. the television. He was on the TV. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like that kind of stuff. And, and I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying bad or talking bad about any right. of those folks at all. It's just like, it's hard sometimes to, really like in a situation like that it's hard to not be like yeah i've sat down with you like four times already man like that kind of right. thing yeah. um you just kind of take it and, and bite your tongue and grit your teeth a little bit and bitch to yourself about it after the afterwards and, and mm -hmm. then you know but like because you if you have the talent the whole time it's just nobody has seen it until that something like that happens you know it's just just one of those things but um it was, it was cool, man. Uh, it's, you know, walking through the airport and or, or not necessarily down the sidewalk or down the road or whatever, because here in Nashville, it's a little bit different, man. You can see, like you see, you could go out anywhere and see just about any country artist walking down the fucking sidewalk. Right. You know? Like I got off of it. So just like a, a cut little sidebar to that mm -hmm. after I got off of the show or while I was on the show, I did a duet with Cam. We sang, um, burning house, her, her first single. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was like, fuck yeah. Like I got her number and her and I still bullshit to this day here a little bit. But like after I got off the show, I was like, well, that was cool. I'll probably never see her again. Or it might be a few years until like I start climbing up the ladder a little bit. But like two weeks later, I got off the show and I was at lunch at Oscars here in town with, with Lindsay on her lunch break. And she fucking comes walking in and getting her like food to go and shit. And I'm like, no shit. Like you, so you just never know. Like right. you see anybody at, at any random time. So not necessarily like getting recognized here in Nashville, but like more of like, more of like in the airport or like, you know, outside or at the bar, at the hotel, whatever city we were staying at for the show we played at that night, you know, like that kind of stuff, you know, which is, which is super cool to me. Um, but there's also like, at least for me, there's also kind of a, a, a period in my life where I had to like, kind of like, put myself in check a little bit, you know, like, cause you get off of, you get off. If you make it, if you're, first of all, if you're fortunate enough to make it on a show like that, that's incredible. That's a feat in and of itself. But if you can, if you can make it the whole way to the very fucking end, yeah. like people are, you're good. Like people are going to know who you are. So it's like, you kind of got to come, I come off the show and like, not necessarily walking around. Like I was, you know, King Dick, like, Oh, look at me. But right. like, as far as like booking shows and, and like 
all the like the number stuff on the back end, like things like that. I had to kind of like I had to kind of put myself in check a little bit, man. Like I did, I did a little bit because you get used to that. I don't want to say fame, but you kind of get used to the fame, I guess. Yeah, the you know? recognition. Um, yeah, yeah, and you see, and and that's never been me, and I had to like put myself in check a little bit for that. Like I remember one time, uh, I was. Uh, I can't remember what it was. I think I was talking to my booking agent or something like that. And they were, the, the venue uh, only had a budget of so-and-so, this or that. And I was like, I ain't doing that shit. I'm worth more than that. And I said that out loud. And I was, as soon as I said, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I, I like, I was like, hey, I gotta go. And I was like, I had to like self-loathe, self-loathe for a little bit. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, who do you think you are? Like that kind of, you know? So like, there's also like a little bit of negative negative side to it, and and if you can catch yourself in that, and and you know bring yourself back to earth, because for a while there when you're doing it, you're like it feels like you're just looking, you're hovering over top of yourself, like you're on top of the world, looking down at yourself, like this is awesome. I have everything I've ever wanted. Like, <laughs> I'm the that king kind of now. Shit, you know, I am but, the king. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you got to put yourself in check if that's your if that's your attitude, and that's never been my attitude towards anything ever. So I was like. I literally kind of had to beat myself up. Like I had to kick my ass about it, you know? I think that's, it's important though, because I think there's, because if you don't, if you don't do that, if you don't have that moment and go, fuck, like I need to, like, cause, cause there are artists that don't. Yeah. They're like, and and that's one, and that's one of my biggest things. Yes. And I hate that so much. I hate whenever you see like, or you hear a story about so-and-so, uh, uh, they were an asshole or she was a bitch or this or that or whatever, you know, like I hate that shit because like you just like, there's no need to forget where you came from. You might be making fucking millions and billions of dollars, but that don't give you the right to think you're better than anybody or treat people like right. shit, you know, like, and like, I'm a firm believer. And if you starting to feel that way, go, Ram your head into the fucking wall a couple of times. Like, wake yourself up a little right. bit, you know? Snap yourself out of it. Now you, you yeah, get, dude, for sure. You get a chance to, uh, you know, to come back and, and, and really start to get, get some music out. Um, Boots Like Mine obviously uh, becomes a successful song for you. There's, yeah. there's, now you got music videos. Now you have, you know, you have a lot of content out there and, and, and this, this mm-hmm. you know, continuing to forge forward, you know, with your career. I do have to name drop for you because not many people, <laughs> not many people, nobody that I, nobody that I know has ever had Garth Brooks say anything about. It. I mean, Garth Garth has yeah. never said anything about a lot of people, but but you have. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't want to make sure they get the quote right. Uh, Garth Brooks says, "This kid, uh, as soon as he opens his mouth, you believe him." Like how how does first off, where does that come from, and second of all, like what is your like he says this about you and you're like is he got the right motherfucker here I'm like, like like wait a minute yeah, like, like this like they like me you mean me right you're talking <laughs> to me like there's not someone over my shoulder that you're like fucking with me on or what who's, this, who's the <laughs> asshole behind me that yeah. you're talking about i don't understand yeah right yeah no it was um it was cool so that happened while i was on the show mm-hmm. uh garth garth came on to be uh one of the mentors on there and uh and uh walked out on stage and adam is standing there and they don't tell you at the time at that point in the show they didn't tell you because he was the second mentor Hmm. 
And then there was like Blake, or no, then there was like uh, Tim and Faith were on there for like one one of those episodes too, or something like that. But um, but Garth came in and uh, he was the live round mentor for every team. So like each team would get in the beginning, each team would have their like their mentor per team. So there'd be four teams, four different mentors. Right. But Garth came in and they did it with him for everybody. And uh, it was cool, man. I uh, I was I was I wasn't nervous. I don't get nervous whenever I like. I, I just never have. It's just never been me because they're, they're people. They just right put their pants on the same way. Knows their names. Yeah, right. You know. So like, I walk out there and and uh, I start singing and and it was like right in the middle of the take. He was like, he shut everything down. He's like, hey, everybody stop. And then he came up to me and then he put, that's whenever he put, like, I have a screen. Where's the screenshot? Actually, my aunt took, uh, it's right up here. But um, my aunt took a uh, a screenshot of the actual, that part in the actual episode and printed it out for me. I had it hanging on my wall. And that's whenever he said he had both of his hands on my shoulders. And you can actually see it in the picture. I look like this. Like, from my side profile, I look like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. That, I'm like, um, Garth Brooks has his hands on my shoulders. <laughs> like, <laughs> am I, am I he's talking now? He, Yeah, he's talking directly to me. Um, no, it was cool, though, man. It was like to hear, to hear that kind of uh, compliment from from somebody as big as him. I mean, you want to talk about household fucking names. Like he's probably the biggest one there, there ever is. Yeah. You know, global, globally George, too. In country global. That's what I mean. George yeah. Strait, Garth Brooks, you know, like <laughs> that fucking, that same shit. Um, but it was kind of like, uh, that's, I think that's whenever I got like awestruck a little bit. Cause I was like, no one's, I, I've, I've heard that before. I'm not saying that like, not necessarily that exact quote, but like stuff like that, like from playing down on Broadway and stuff like, Oh my God, you have such a beautiful voice and you're singing so well. And which is, which is always great. I always love hearing that shit. But like when you hear it from somebody you look up to, it's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I knew it. Yeah. Like I fucking knew it. Yeah. I, I could feel it this whole time. I just needed, I needed Garth, a little bit more confidence. I needed Garth to yeah. Jesus me a little bit with his hands on my shoulders right. and be like, yeah. listen, exactly. child, listen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. It was great, man. I, uh, I, uh, that was, that was probably one of the biggest highlights of being on the show was, yeah. was, was meet him. You know, that was, that was pretty neat. That's cool though. But you know, I know you got, uh, it's, this is just so it's not typical you, but, like I'm sure you had a full day of work. Then, then and my dumbass is like, let's do a podcast. And then you have, you know, you have a <laughs> yeah. show to do tonight. You got a baby coming in yep. like three weeks. Uh, which congratulations! Yeah. It's a, it's a it, thank it's you, buddy. A, I appreciate it. It's a joy. You probably don't sleep now anyway. So, like, what does it matter if you sleep less? You know? No, dude. I'll be honest with you. I like, uh, I, I, man, I, I keep, the, I keep using this excuse, but it's, it's not. <laughs> I've. I haven't driven a forklift or worked swing shift in eight years, so I can't keep using that. But like, <laughs> so before I before I moved down here, I worked swing shift and we swung every single week. So it wasn't yeah. like a month of this or a month of that. So like, I never got my brain right to sleep. So I always use that excuse. Oh, I used to work swing shift. I can't sleep anymore. But I think it's just like, I think it's just I can't turn my brain off. I don't yeah. sleep and I don't sleep as it is anyway. You know, if I can, if I go, if I look at the clock and I'm like, fuck yeah, if I get four hours of sleep, I'm good to go for the rest of the day. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, take a little four hour nap and you know, it fucking, you know, two 30 in the morning. 
It's Wake fine. up four hours later. I'm like, yep, I'm fine. Let's go. Ready to roll. Ready to Are go. you tired? Fuck yeah, I'm tired. But we got shit to do. <laughs> Things, the the, the to-do list yeah. doesn't just stop because I'm tired. There's shit to get done. Right, exactly. It, it actually keeps getting longer. But um, but uh, yeah, so it doesn't matter. I don't sleep enough. I don't sleep as it is anyway. So bring that baby here. Let's go. Uh, today, and, and people won't be hearing this, uh, obviously, today, but when uh, this does drop, uh, today that we're talking, a uh, new single came out yes. today, Bar Fools, which is which is fantastic. Yes, when, when you jumped on uh, the show here, I was, like I said, I just had, I just put it on repeat on the old uh, Amazon Music or whatever. I was <laughs> letting it, yeah, letting yeah, it I roll to get in the spirit. I jumped, I jumped on here, and I was like, oh, I know that song. That's pretty cool. I've, yeah. heard, that. <laughs> I've heard that asshole yeah. before. Hey, oh, that's me. That's yeah. me. That's great. Oh, that's me. I'm that asshole. Yeah, we're here, for sure. <laughs> but new music out, and uh, again, I... You, I want to get you off so you can uh, you know go and, and and spend some time with your wife and then go and, and do a do a raucous show tonight. But like, what does hey, uh, be, besides uh, fatherhood, like the rest of twenty twenty two? When you like, you kind of look at it, you know, from where you are now. Like, what does the year look like for you? Is it? I mean, are we, are, is more music? Is it? You know, getting you know some more dates out there. Like, what what's what's the what's twenty twenty two look like? Or yeah, twenty twenty two look like for uh, for you this year. First of all, first of all, I do that shit all the time too because I'm like 2020. Wait, what the fuck? Holy shit, it is 2020. Yeah, it's like it's already yesterday. This time last year was like, or this time yesterday was 2021. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, (laughs) it's fucking time travel. It was the beginning of 2020. It's time travel, and and I can attest that in Nashville, like time travel is legit because like we pulled in on Monday night and then I was leaving Thursday. I'm like. What in the fuck just happened? Like I don't know. I met I met, <laughs> I met some guys, and we're gonna do a thing. Uh, yeah. Why is it snowing like, I here? I just fucking got here. Why yeah. is it snowing here in yeah. Nashville? Like ridiculously. That's, yeah. So 2022. Right, what does 2022 yeah. look like for Josh Gallagher? Uh, 2022 looks like a uh, it looks like a lot of music coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I got two two full length records coming out this year. My oh. first actual full length record will be out. Um the timeline's kind of changing a little bit because we have some other stuff that I can't really exactly talk about going on on the back end, but, Ooh. um, right. A little teaser, <laughs> but that's called a tease. But, uh, yeah. That's called it. That's, that's what we call it. In the show biz a teaser. Um, no. Uh, so I got a lot of music coming out Two two new records. My first record will be out, um, you know, first quarter of this year. So, or early second quarter. Um, and then first full 10 song record, which I've never done before. I've always released singles and then some EPs and, yeah. and they've always done really, really well. But some of the stuff on like the Spotify end is starting to change to where they're starting to like um, and starting to spin more albums instead of singles now. Which yeah. So I'm going to you know, play that and play that. Game. And I've, I've never put out a full length record yet either. So if I can kill two birds with one stone. Cool. Let's do it. Um, whole bunch of tour dates we're working continuing to add dates onto the calendar um we started we start in the in what the fuck is it, end of march with uh a week out in vegas out there and then um and then we just go for the rest of the year a few 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 weekends off and few 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 weekends and weeks off stuff like that uh just to make sure that I still like my wife. Still like wants me to come home and hang out. And be with <laughs> no, stay. Why don't you go ahead and stay <laughs> yeah. out on the road, please? I got this whole right. Exactly. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. With the baby and stuff coming too. So it's like it, it's this year's a little bit more strategically planned as far as like tour dates and stuff. So I'll be home a little bit more than I would be normally, but we still got a lot of shows coming. And then at the end of the year, um, 
I'll be, uh, I guess, you know, summer single coming out, two summer singles, or July, uh, what is it? one June, one July, um, another one in late August, and then a whole second full 10-song record coming out at the end of the year. So this will be my biggest year for putting out music. Um, and then a lot of a lot of other good stuff uh, that's in the pipe coming for the rest of this year. Like I said, I can't really speak on that shit right now, but um, you guys will you guys will be able to find out find out soon. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do something here. Uh, it's called shameless plug. If you follow me on my socials, mm-hmm. you'll be able to keep up with all that stuff. Can can they still join? Josh Gallagher music. <laughs> can they still join the Camo Crew? Can still join the camo crew. Yeah, you absolutely can. And uh, even better than the camo crew, in my opinion, uh, if you just uh, if you just shoot me a text, you know, you just, I just uh, I got a I got a community number. And you can text me. It goes right to my phone, and and I text everybody back and forth all the time. You know, so you can bother the shit out of Josh Gallagher. Yeah, right. Exactly. So bug the shit out of me at two in the morning. I'll be up. <laughs> he's, he's, you're not gonna yeah. be sleeping anyway. Hey, uh, right. I'm not gonna be asleep. I'll be up. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> fine. What's up? Like, tell me. Put your hands on my shoulders and tell me. Uh, I'm a right. dream come true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Sure. Well, uh, again, congratulations on the new single. It is. Uh, it is called Bar Fools. It is out now. Available. I'm guessing everywhere that uh, music can be uh, listened to yep. and streamed uh, and downloaded. Yep. So make sure you jump on that. All the places. New album coming out this year. Uh, the tour dates. All the stuff. Uh, Josh Gallagher music on all the socials. We'll tag you in, of course, the show notes here and, and on our socials as well. Dude, it was great, man. This was fun. Like, I feel like it's probably good that you have a show because I'm like, well, if he does, dude, it, I'll be here all fucking night. Yeah, I'll, absolutely. I'll, I'll probably I'll like, be here. I would hang out here. Yeah. I'd probably run up. I'd hang like, out with you here. I need to get us some beers and, and probably some bourbon. Yeah, no we're shit. just going to talk shit. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to go grab another quick six pack. Real quick. Here for a <laughs> Run to the gas station. This will still be recording, but let's no, but yeah. let, we should plan that dude. Let's get, let's get you back on here and, uh, and on a night you have off and we'll just, we'll drink and we'll solve all the world's problems. and won't tell anybody about it. I would love to. <laughs> I would love to. Let's do it. Awesome, buddy. Take care of yourself, man. We'll be in touch. And, uh, and again, everybody go listen to the damn new single. Powerfulness right now. Josh Gallagher. Thank you very much, my friend. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much for checking out the From the Captain's Quarters podcast. I am Cooper. Remember, wherever you are listening, whatever podcast platform you're listening on, please give us a five-star rating. Please leave a review. And the biggest thing you can do to help spread the love of the show is to share it with your friends and family. We talk to all sorts of people, from musicians to business owners to off-road enthusiasts. We, We talk to everybody. So make sure you staple this one to your forehead as a podcast you want to get into your regular rotation. Find us on the social medias as well. Just search from the captain's quarters. Give us a like, give us a follow, give us a high five. Appreciate you. 